Hello and welcome to The Construction Revolution, the podcast that's leading the charge for change in the construction industry. I'm Maria Coulter, the construction coach, and I'm on a mission to bring positive lasting change. As an industry, we're crying out for greater profit margins, cash that actually flows, a more diverse and inclusive culture. We need companies to value themselves and their people. We need greater leadership. We need teams that trust each other and less stress. Oh, and we also have the small matter of the skills gap to solve as well. During this podcast series, I'm going to be talking to pioneers from within our industry who are doing things differently to solve these issues. I'm also going to be bringing you fresh ideas and perspectives from outside of the industry to inspire and guide you in bringing about some much needed change. As Henry Ford said, if you always do what you've always done, you'll always get what you've always got. It's time for a revolution. Are you ready to join me? Welcome to episode eight of The Construction Revolution. Today I'm talking to Derek Mills, author of The 10 Second Philosophy, also known as The Standards Guy. We're talking about the concept of daily standards. Since I recorded this episode, the world has changed a lot. A huge amount of us have been forced off the treadmill into a space we've never experienced before. It's incredibly tough and scary, but let's also look at what good can come out of it. We will get through the other side and we have an opportunity to reset our lives and do things differently. What weren't you happy with before this happened? What do you want to be different moving forwards? I hope this podcast gives you some food for thought because let's face it, there's none in the supermarkets right now. Welcome Derek Mills to The Construction Revolution. Derek is the author of The 10 Second Philosophy and he's also known as The Standards Guy as well. And I first met Derek, I saw him speak about three or four years ago and it really had a massive impact on me. His story is very inspirational and I bought the book, I remember asking Derek to sign the book and I remember saying to him at that time, this concept could make a massive difference to the construction industry. I'm delighted to be able to speak to you today and uh, for you to tell us your story and, and get some ideas out there that can help us make some changes in the industry. So welcome, Derek. Thank you very much, Maria. Thanks for having me. I said that you're known as the standards guy and, and the, the 10 second philosophy is all around the concept of daily standards. So could you tell us your story, tell us, you know, the, the moments that did sort of change your life and and what's happened since then? I was, I was never quite doing as good as I thought I could do. I always knew I was better than what I'd been doing. I always knew there was more to me. I also knew, I always knew I could achieve more and become wealthier and do a better job for my clients. But until that point, uh, a point uh, a few years ago, I wasn't doing any of that stuff. I was just, um, well, to be frank, I was a bit depressed <laughs> because my business was all sort of rubbish. I was working six, seven days a week, not seeing my wife and kids, and, um, and seeing clients all over the country, driving all of the miles, and getting back late in the evening, getting up early in the morning to go. I'm sure that's typical for the people listening uh, to us today. Those people do exactly the same thing. But it got to the point for me, Maria, at the end of uh, 2003, where I just said, I've had enough. I've had enough of this. I know that there's a better way of doing this, a better way of doing my life, better way of running my business, and uh, I absolutely knew there was. What, what I found is that at the end of uh, 2003, one evening, I was in the office, 
and the office security guard came into lockup. It's about uh, 9.30 in the evening. I was still working you know, my usual hours. And about 9.30 he came in. I said, well, just give me 10 more minutes. No, no, no I've got some other stuff to do. <laughs> in reality, I had some bits of paper to shuffle. Where was I going to go the next day? But who will I prospect to get some business from? And where would I have to drive to go and see someone to get some cash flow going? That's my real thought. So I wanted 10 more minutes. But of course, I, uh, he said to me um, when, when he came back, he said, are you ready now? And I said, no, just give me a couple of more minutes. And he just looked at me and asked me a question that changed everything. And I do believe, as an aside, that when we begin to really pay attention, we can get the clues to change everything in our lives. And that's what I did. That night, I listened. A simple, simple question was, what time did you get in this morning? Which you probably think is a, a nonsense question. People ask you that all the time. But in that moment, it was the way he looked at me. And he, he kind of was saying, like, what are you doing here? You know, it's almost 10. What time did you get in this morning? And I just said, well, um, you know, kind of 8 o'clock. And he walked away again. But as he walked away, my, my words just hung in the air because I've been up since about six on the road at seven, got to my office for eight. And I've been doing that not just for that day, but for weeks, months, and years. Missing my wife, missing my family, not seeing my kids growing up because I was working six days a week, seven if you'd let me. And um, I was a complete fool to myself up until that point in my life. But you know, they say, like, they say that life begins at 40, when I was 38. <laughs> when, when, that, when that happened and I realized actually this isn't my life you know and I've been doing what every other those teachers and gurus and coaches and consultants tell us to do I've been setting my goals and trying to achieve them but after 17 years of doing that I was still broken depressed not seeing my wife and family so in that moment you might call it an epiphany or a moment of clarity in that moment I realized hold on a second if setting goals was the answer to success why isn't everybody successful? And how come I'm not successful? I've been trying this for 17 years, and there I was broken, depressed. But I had a clarity in that moment. I'd have had a 10 second, I call it the 10 second moment, as you know, Maria, because I call the book the 10 second philosophy because of the 10 second moment I had. In that moment, what happened to me was, you know, I was working with clients that are abusing my trust and my service and my time and letting me down and really using me. And I've been letting people do that and running my life, therefore I didn't have a life. But that moment said something to me such as, you're not happy because you're not who you truly are. And if you keep going for these goals, but not being who you truly are, you'll never be happy. And most of the goals are missed them anyway. Like most people miss most of their goals most of the time. So what I began to do in that moment was to recognize that no matter what goals I had, business or personal, I had to have the right daily standards, as in set from within, have the right standards to live by as a person and in my business. Because no matter what goals you've got, if, you're, if the standards that you live by each day, hence the term daily standards, if the standards that you live by each day are not congruent or commensurate or equivalent to your goals, then you're just a dreamer. When I say dreamer, I'm not talking about Martin Luther King, great dreamer, I'm talking just a daydreamer. Because <laughs> it's like saying that, say you get a guy and he says, hey, I wanna run an eight minute mile, get really fit, on a bench press 250 kilograms, I want to have body fat of 10%. And those are his goals, and he writes them down, he looks at them regularly. But you, when, when you uh, talk to this guy, and you analyze what he does each day, he eats a lot of pizza. He goes to the shop for, for, for his lunch, and he gets a packaged meal, and it says on the back of the packet, 30% fat. And he still buys it and eats it. Then what, when what his goal was, 10% fat. But he's eating 30% fat as his standard. He has a full English breakfast. That's not 10% fat. 
you know. And uh, when you see what he does in the evening for his exercise, you, you follow him home, and then he's on the couch with his remote control and a beer in his hand. Now, I know a 12-year-old could walk in and just say, I'm sorry, mister, but if you've got those goals, but your daily standards, your, the rules, the criteria, the basis of how you're living, if you've got those goals, there's no way in a month of Sundays are you going to achieve those goals with these daily standards. A 12-year-old could tell you that. But the problem with most people, when I've spoken on, around the world on different continents and different countries, different organizations, I ask them to look at their goals and say, okay, if these are your goals, is the way that you're living and being in your life and business the right standard to achieve your goals? And if not, you've got to change everything. And you start with the most important things. So going, so going back to the, quickly to the story, that's what I did. I looked at my life that night at the end of 2003, and I just said, I'm not working these hours anymore. I've got a wife and kids. I, I need to be there as a dad for my wife and kids. That's the first thing I changed the most. Yeah, it's, it, it's not about money, but it's about emotion and caring and why am I here anyway? So I changed the things that were most important to me and that were frustrating me the most. Because by the way, when I was in the office, I was always thinking about being at home. <laughs> and when I was at home, I was thinking, oh, I'll be in the office. I was, I was kind of nowhere. I made a decision, no more weekends, no more evening point points, no more driving back home, crashing my car on the motorway at 10 o'clock at night or so time. No more doing that. I then decided to change the hours I was working, the quality of clients I was seeing, the minimum order that I would take. I wouldn't have people mess me around with tiny orders. I changed a few things that were so fundamental to my happiness and success. And changing those few things changed everything for me. And that's why, as you know, my story, uh, three years later from being broke and depressed and just about paying the bills in 2003. By 2006, I made my first million in the same business, in the same office, with the same products and services. So none of those things changed, I changed. And after that, I started making six and seven income, six and seven figure incomes. And people said to me, how did you do that? What did you change? And how did you do those changes? And tell me about the book that you wrote. And then it went worldwide. And that's why you and I are speaking right now. Just um, to clarify, so your background was uh, in financial services. And I remember sort of reading that the results that you had as well were phenomenal. So you went from being way down um, yeah. in the order of, of the business to being way up. You know, in life, look at the facts. People don't notice that you're feeling more satisfied as a human being, that you're happier or that you're more centered and balanced, that you've got better relationships. They just notice how your business and your money is doing because <laughs> people are people. But what I did when I had that revelation that night, I would, I would become the organization, I'm a self-employed agent for a company, a wealth management company, and it had 1,200 agents. And I was about a thousandth on the list in terms of new business results. Out of 1,200, I was right there at the bottom of the list, working six days a week, seven if you'd let me. Within three years of changing all my standards and being more true, more authentically me, I was able to change my hours to part-time and increase my income by 10 times. 10 times working part-time. And what I realized is that, of course, at that point, I went from being one of the bottom guys in the company to basically in the top, in the top 1% of the top 1% of the company um, and became a senior partner, et cetera, et cetera, working part-time. What I want to just share this moment is that um, the guy that 10 times his income and became in the top 1% of the top 1% of that company working part-time, um, the abilities, the talents, the gifts that I had to, to achieve that must have been with me all of those lean years. There must have been, because you can't get out of something what isn't in there. You can only drink cup from water from the cup if there's water in the cup. You can only pour it out if it's there. So I know 
that every one of us, just like me, has gifts, abilities, and talents that are not showing up in our lives. And if we did get them to show up, would revolutionize our lives, our finances, our family, and our business, our industry, our sector, maybe even the world for some people. I completely agree. And I think it definitely starts with knowing who you are, which is what you said, and knowing what you want. Because I think there's probably so many people listening to this, and me included. I mean, I loved, you know, working in construction. I still do, doing something different to what I did. But I remember kind of, you know, being in appraisals, and paying lip service in my mind to you know setting goals and thinking yeah I'll, I'll go for this I'll go to achieve this and my, my heart wasn't in it at all um, mm. and you know I never got being completely honest I never got to a senior position in the organization I was working in because my heart wasn't in it yeah. but as soon as I came out of that and started pursuing my dreams and goals and really connected with that it's amazing the energy that brings and, and getting to know who you are and, and what you want. It is. I think you, you're right. Um, it's vital because the whole world you know, does the goals things. I mean, we've been doing it for, I don't know, 100 years or so, the goals thing. And when I speak to audiences around the world, I always, I always ask the audience whether it's 7 people or 7,000 people, I ask the same question. I say, how's that working out for you? <laughs> because most of them, it's not. And people start shifting and squirming in their shares. And I think, well, how long do you stick with a system that hasn't worked for most people in most places most of the time? Surely there's something else that's missing. And I believe the daily standards are the missing link to get people to be connected to their goals, to come from a place of truth and authenticity. And I don't care how woolly and soft that sounds, but when you come from truth and authenticity, more people will recognize you and want to do business with you. That's a fact. If you worry about your bottom line, get more people to think she's the woman or he's the guy I want to deal with. Get more people to think of that because the place you come from in your authentic self, because you have high standards that they resonate with, that they recognize and they want to be part of. They go, look, I know you're a bit more expensive. I know you can't deliver to a them. I know your fees or charges are a bit more, but it's you I want to do business with because they're feeling that other thing. And part of that other thing is trust. Part of the other thing is connection. Part of the other thing is this person will do as well for me as they would do for themselves. In other words, they'll take care of me. This person will look after me. And when you get that, you then have to work out another strategy to add to the that was how do you now cope with the amount of people wanting to do business with you? Because before I was trying to get people to do business and didn't have enough of them, then I had to develop a strategy and expand my business and create a team behind me and work with other partners to handle the volume of business that was coming through when people began to see me differently. And that's a key thing, um, certainly in the construction, uh, we know that financial services have had a terrible reputation over the last 30, 40 years. Construction, I think, is about the same. Not a great, great reputation um, in, the, uh, in, in the far as the public's concerned. People always got concerned around construction and, and builders, especially when it's personal. But actually, there's a way of shifting this so that people see you differently, and they change the perception because you're projecting differently. When you project something, the perception of you changes. And how you change the projection is by raising your standards. And each day, committing to being at those standards each day. So let me just give you an example of that. A standard, just for clarification and definition, a daily standard is a basis, it's one of five things. It's a basis, criterion, level, quality, or rule that you set from within. Like who you really are, who your business really is, and how you really want to serve 
of metal authentic place, a basis criterion level quality or rule that you set from within and that you commit to living by just for today. Not even for a month or a week, just for today. Because if you wake up tomorrow, you can you recommit to your standards just for that day. This is a one day at a time thing. And, and a couple of examples that I had was I made a, I made a new standard for taking my kids to school in the morning. I mean, I've been in business for 17 years at that point, but I wasn't seeing my kids and I was missing them. So I wanted to have that time with them in the car. So taking my kids to school in the morning became one of my daily standards. Client says, I need to see you first thing. I'm like, sorry, I'm taking my kids to school in the morning. That's what I do. Can I see you in the evening? There's a bit of business here for you. I am sorry. I'm a husband and I'm a father. I'm seeing my kids. And I actually found, which is what I didn't expect to see or hear, people began to respect me a lot more because I thought, oh, he's got his priorities in the right order because a lot of them had not. They were working the hours that I used to work. And as I began to change my perception and saying, sorry, don't the weekends. And by the way, you have to come to my office because all my resources are here. I'm not bringing boxes and suitcases and a laptop to your house or your office anymore. You have to come to me wherever you are in the country. I raised my perception of how I did business. I mean, when you raise how you position yourself, people see you differently and they want to do more business with you, not less. As you raise your profile, raise your standard on a scale, more people buy into you. And I had a, a time where I had a standard of, I would let anybody do business. And if you want to do a pension or savings plan, a little investment, doesn't matter how much it was or where you lived in the country, I'd do it with you. That was, that's, get, I was going broke doing that. I made, I raised all the levels of how much you'd have to have as an income to be one of my clients, the minimum investment that you had to come to my office. And it's if to say that on a scale of one to 10, if this makes sense, hopefully it does. On a scale of one to 10, I was operating at a three. Now I believe that every one of us was born a 10, by the way. <laughs> You're a 10, Maria, I'm a 10, we're all born a 10. But we can often, when we're born a 10, we can often find ourselves operating in our lives and business as a three or a four. Well, here's the thing, it's not fair, but don't be surprised if the world treats you as a three and a four, if that's where you set your standards. Because what the world does is that it treats you where you set the standards, the daily standards you set, and you accept and live by the rules, the criteria, the basis, the levels of quality. If you set them at three or four, the world will treat you right there. And sevens don't deal with fours. I'm sorry. But in the world of commerce or in personal lives, sevens don't deal with fours. So if you want to deal with sevens, which are better for your business and for your life, you've got to raise your standards incrementally to become a seven. And when you get to seven, sevens begin to see you. And you'll be turning down business that hitherto you wanted to get because you're much more discerning and you won't have time for those fours and threes and twos because you're looking now at sevens and maybe eights. Does, does that kind of make sense? I've explained that. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And how do you, first of all, how do you like tap into your inner self? Like how do you like let that truth come out? Because if somebody's been, you know, playing at a three or a four for their whole lives so far, how do you unleash that? I mean, there, there are many ways, and uh, I've got to say that most of the set of tools I've, uh, which I put in the book, The 10 Second Philosophy, they can give different people different ways of doing that. But there are two key ways, because remember, this is, this is not a theory. I did it on myself first, and then I coach, as you know, and speak and do workshops around this all over the world. So, but, so this, this is what you can actually do. First thing is actually quite simple. It's what I did. I took a moment to stop and think to myself, is this the best of me in my life? It's as simple as that. Because that takes some inner thinking. And dare I say it, it takes some inner feeling. I don't care if you're a hard-nosed business guy and you wear a hard hat every day and you've got muscles. It doesn't matter. If you know that there's more to you than a show up in your life, you need to sit down, take a moment, 
and look inside and work out what is that and how can I begin to get that out into the world. And I believe when we start looking honestly inside, the truth will reveal itself to us. It doesn't matter who you are, the truth will reveal itself to you if you take a moment to sit down, take some time, you know, I sound uh, dark, but that, uh, some people um, sit down and virtually meditate on it, sit down, close their eyes and think about it. But I don't care whether you meditate, sit down, close your eyes and ask yourself some honest questions and give yourself some honest answers. Don't, you may have lied to yourself in the past, but don't lie to yourself in this moment. Because as Emerson said, you know, be, be honest and true to yourself, because if you can be true to yourself, then surely as night follows day, you can't then be false to any man. So be true to yourself in this moment. And then say, what's right for me? Who am I really? What, what am I missing here? And what, what do I really want to have? What, what gifts have I got that have never come out? And how, who do I really want to serve? And am I, am I living my life each day so I can get the very best out of me? And then you've got to ask those, you know, the, the who, the what, the where, the how, and the why. You know, I think there are, um, the, the questions where we sit down with ourselves, that there, was a, there were six wise men that taught me all I knew. And the names were who and what and how and where and when and who. There's another one. <laughs> there are six of them. But the idea is ask those interpersonal questions of yourself. And please be honest, because when I was honest with myself that late night at the end of November 2003, I was literally standing, standing by a filing cabinet. And when I realized how I was living my life and standards I was accepting, how I was allowing people to treat me and the quality of the clients I was dealing with and the prospects now that are pulling me hither and thither, I realized that, you know what, I slammed the drawer and I just said, I've had enough of this. And every person, before they move up the ladder of success, has to have enough of the previous step that they're on. You have to have enough of where you are today to be willing to do the things to move forward. So that's one thing you do, a period of introspection. And the second thing is much more practical, but maybe for some people not as, as, as um, searching or, um, or in-depth. We, we all run our lives by daily standards. And then even if you listen to this for the first, I mean, you've never heard of the phrase daily standards. Well, neither had I until I had the concept. <laughs> but, but what I realized that every single person lives their lives by basis, criterion, levels, qualities, and rules. What I recognized that I wasn't even conscious of those things, of how I let people to treat me, what I'm allowed to do, what my business has this level of order, who I dealt with, the materials that I use when I'm producing something, the quality of the paper, how I receive my team, all the rest of it. I didn't, most people aren't even conscious of their daily standards. First step is become conscious that the whole of your life is run by these daily standards. It's like having a robot, you know, a robot you know, that you have that can walk around and, and talk and they're developing this all over the world now in different countries. And that ro robot is, is run by a computer. And that computer itself is run by subroutines or code. And the question is, is the code that you're living your life by is it good for you right now? Is it suiting you right now? Is it honoring you right now? Is it serving you right now? And is it allowing you to honor and serve other people and do the best for the people? Because what I recognize when I do what's called a, there's a process talk about in the book called a, it's, it's a reframe, how you look at your existing daily standards, challenge them, question them. The ones that you're good are good and serving you and your clients and customers, keep them. And the ones that are not, so ask yourself, well, well, where did that come from? Why, why have we always done that? Oh, that's because when I worked for my first construction company, they all did that. And they all did that on a Friday, or they always used those materials, or did that to a customer, or whatever it is. Okay, well, that's when you were 22, 23. You're 43 right now. Is that still the best thing to do in this world? So you've been running that because you were given it many years ago. It wasn't even a conscious choice. 
And then what other standards have you got? Why are you doing that? What's the source of that? Oh, well, all my friends do that. And they've all got businesses and everybody does that. It's, it's the thing that we do in our business. And you treat customers this way and you have these kind of margins. Who said so? And even if it was useful five or 10 or 20 years ago, the question is, is that the best standard for you right now and those you wish to serve? And if it isn't, to let them go, release them, and put new daily standards in place and then seek to reinforce them and systemize them. In other words, set them up so you haven't got to remember to do them. Because if you're like me, you're, you could set something as a new standard and then within three days you've forgotten it. So I put it in my Outlook diary. I talk to my team about it. I have systems and processes and reminders and minimum quantities. And I tell my customers and clients and prospective clients, this is what I do, these are my days, this is the minimum order. This is the, so I, I literally set myself up for success because higher standards are a setup for success but you have to put it out there so they just keep it in your head don't be a daydreamer to be a practical person that can three four and ten times your business by raising your standards incrementally so what are the different areas where people can set standards because i know you've got the the list in your book um that cover all the different areas we're all human beings so i i, I often encourage my even my executive um, clients and uh, those who've got their own business and entrepreneurs, leadership and senior managers, um, those who are companies. I always say, start with me personally, start with you. You and your health, you and your family, you and your relationships. Because Maria, we all know this, but it, it's, it's so true that everything affects everything else. You cannot change standards of your, of your life or business in one area without it affecting the other areas. So there's a knock on effect. So here's what we do. If I was coaching today, I'd say, Share with me the part of your life, your business, life or your business that you're most frustrated with, that makes you most unhappy. And start in that area about reviewing, releasing, replacing new daily standards in that part of your life. Start there with the most frustrating and unhappiest part of your life or business or person. And then as you expand that area, you set new standards and you write those daily standards down and you live to them, you commit to doing them one day at a time, you'll notice that you'll change other things naturally and organically but you can also if you wanted to choose a second area because i chose two areas the quality of clients and the business i was working with and that i would work with in the hours i was working and i chose my family standards and i, I put those two together and if i got those right everything will change and when you've got those things right you can choose a third area but you haven't got to do this all in one day just start with the area you're most frustrated most unhappy with start there and the other areas will come to you you already know what they are Sit down for five minutes and you'll, you'll figure out what the other areas are. Get a pen, write them down and say, okay, I'll start here. This is practical. You can do this right now. Listening to our voices, you can do this today. Write down. Why wait till tomorrow? Do you know you've got tomorrow? Now, one of the challenges people say, I'll do that one, one day in the future. I've got a goal to do that, Derek, and I'll work out all that stuff and change my life around. Really. Okay? Let's be brutally honest here. You've got today. Not one of us know we've got tomorrow. And life is short, even at the longest. So when you're going to wake and, and be you and be honest and start living and creating, yes, I said creating the life and attracting the life that you could have. I know so many people are going to be themselves when they're 50, when they're 60, when they're retired. And I say to them, well, a big assumption they're going to get to those ages. So what about today? Because you've only got today. We haven't got tomorrow. It's an illusion. Even Einstein said tomorrow does not exist. We only have today. And you create your tomorrows as you go along. And if you, if you want a really, really exceptional, compelling future, well, have a really, really exceptional high standard today. So if you do the best you can do, 
and have the right standards for yourself and your husband and your wife and your business and your clients and your customers, you've got the very best standards of how, you do, how you're doing you and how you're delivering today, then you'll create the most compelling future that no goal you could have written down, no goal you could have written down would have shown you how much you can actually achieve. And that's part of the reason I don't I encourage people to go overboard on a goals thing. Yeah, set your goals. But what you focus on each day is your daily standards because goals don't achieve goals. They never have. A goal has never achieved a goal. The standards that you live by will determine whether you fail or succeed at that goal. Not the goal itself, but the daily standards of how you do you, the basis, criteria, levels, qualities, and rules. So the brief answer to your question is start where you're most unhappy or most frustrated and then develop there yourself. Don't need a coach for this. You just need you to be honest with you and then begin and be the best you today. Live an authentic life. Wow. Yes. That's amazing words from you there. Um, very powerful. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about, so you've worked with a lot of organizations and a lot of people on this. Yeah. So like what differences have you seen, you know, in with people, with leaders, with, with businesses, based on your experience? Let me start looking at daily standards with leaders and, and entrepreneurs and people in that, in that field and self-employed people and SMEs. Tend to find that those leaders um, find massive change in their own life as well as their businesses. And they often call upon me to do work and coaching with them and mentoring um, around their business issues. Occasionally they say, could you work with me personally because I've got a lot of other stuff to sort out. You know, I've got this massively successful business, but I'm unhealthy and unhappy. What's that all about? You know, so, so they asked me about that. But I find that the biggest impact I've noticed in, in my clients um, is that they change personally. As far as in their own eyes and how the world perceives them, uh, they change. They become, in their words, better people, better selves, happier. And when, you, when you're doing all those things and more of your gifts are coming out, more of your hidden talents are coming out, they also become wealthier. Now I know that you know, it's all about the money. You know, this is the business and the construction sector. It's you know, like the financial sector, a lot of numbers. It's all about the numbers. But reality of it is, you can have all the money in the world and still be miserable and unhappy. So you can't just be about the money, can it? So I've noticed with these execs and leaders and entrepreneurs, I work with one of the biggest property um, experts in, in, in the whole of the country, I won't mention by name, but I've worked, worked with him. Uh, or he works internationally, but his main business is in the UK. And I've, I work with clients with, with dozens of business and commercial properties. Um, and for them, it's around actually recognition that, yeah, money's important, but it's not the be all and the end all. I've noticed them becoming happier and more true to themselves. And the, the, if you're really just worried about the numbers, here's a clue. The more authentic you become, the happier you become, the more of your gifts show up in your life, the more of your hidden talents pop out. And when that happens, you put those gifts, talents, and authentic self into your business, and your business grows massively and quickly, and more people want to do business with you, more people trust you. And if more people trust you, you get more business, and you've got to increase your strategy to now how do we handle the business that we're getting. So whether you're um, a senior exec at Google, whether you're someone who, who has got a, a sales business that we helped increase uh, their turnover by, by 11 million pounds um, in, in a year, um, and or whether you're someone who's a senior executive at a major FTSE 100 company, it's about recognizing that you can have a happier life and more authentic life and a truer life by living by daily standards 
and also you'll find better ways of serving your customers. So I'm not going to mention the company because we've got a, um, a confidentiality contract in place. But one of the large insurance companies I've worked for, worked, worked in the past, or uh, an executive team, they realised that actually that the better standards that they shared with their customers and their clients, the more people talked about them. So in the book, I, I talk about uh, firms like AXA, Disney, um, Porsche, and, um, and Virgin. And these all are organizations, if you look closely at their websites and all their brochures, they'll have standards woven within, maintaining standards, uplifting standards, upholding standards, standards, you know, delivering on standards. They know something, that these are multi-billion pound companies. So if we're sitting here as SMEs, we haven't got to spend 50 million quid, as one company did that I work with, 50 million quid globally to rebrand to be known as a standards-based company. And you, if you look out for the companies, you'll see which ones I'm talking about. I mentioned them in the book. Look at their branding. And it'll say upholding, appraising, uplifting, delivering, and maintaining standards. They recognize if they're seen, any business, small or large, if you're seen by the public, as a high standards company of how you deliver and how you serve, they'll give you more business. They will talk about you more. Now, I remember a um, very personal thing, not too personal, here, but you know, just a bit of a personal story that I remember once, first time I flew from the Virgin Land down at Heathrow in a first class lounge. It's, uh, you know, but even before I used it the first time, I was massively excited because I knew the quality of Virgin and how they are and the first time I'd heard about it, I'd had words, I'd looked at it, so I knew I was gonna have a massively great experience. I knew the quality of the standard was gonna be wonderful, how they're gonna treat me, the level of entertainment and all the services. I just knew that, but here's the thing. I hadn't used it yet, but I told about 20 people <laughs> because they had a reputation that objected the right way and my perception of them was fantastic. Like before I'd even used it, I told about 20 people. I'm going to the Virgin Lands. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to use it. If you ever used it, you should use it. If you've ever found me through, you should use that. Imagine people began saying that about your construction business. How would that change? And I've got a build at the moment. I'm saying exactly the same thing. About it. I've got a fantastic guy doing my building my own house at the moment, and I will talk about him and his uh, family uh, building building firm every day to anyone that asks me because they're amazing. And now I get business. I believe over the next few years more than they can handle. There's parts of the construction industry that are kind of regulated by, if you're a member of a professional body or mm -hmm. a trade organisation, but there's so many, there's thousands and thousands that aren't regulated. And it's like you've got to have that self-regulation and that's your daily standards. Yes. So if you can tap into yourself, think about who you are, what you want, and come up with your own concepts, your own standards that you're going to live your life by and do business by, yeah. Mm -hmm. then you are self-regulating. That's exactly it, uh, in life and in business. <laughs> yeah. You know, because, and then, you know, you know, you go to some companies, and we've all done it, where you walk into the, uh, the reception, and you see a plaque on the wall, it says their mission statement. But you could walk around that building and ask anyone in the room, what's your mission statement? And they haven't got a clue. So what's the chance they're living by that mission statement if they can't even articulate it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> when, you set as a, when you set daily standards, the whole organization knows what they are and you live by them and we we keep each other to that standard and we talk about it and we deliver upon it and we'll review it and change it so we know that we're doing that and we'll let our customer knows customers know this and what we do and how we do it and why this is how we serve and when you get that projection out there you will get 
more and more people saying, I want to do business with these people because I just know it's going to be the right experience. Their standards are good. They serve you well. And actually, you increase your bottom line. Imagine a company that has poor uh, reputation for poor standards. They don't tend to do very well, those companies. They lose business, they're fighting and scratching, and what, what happens to those businesses is they, they cut corners and they do things to their customers they shouldn't do to their customers because they're struggling. And they, and they will you know, anyway, not be authentic and be inauthentic and even dishonest with their customers and clients because they think that they're forced to. But on the other hand, you have a high standards company that's known for its daily standards, how it treats its own staff, how it treats its team members, and its customers and clients. You can often tell about a company how it treats its customers, how it treats its own, its own staff and employees. When I do that review, when I do the walk around of the company, I look at everything, not just what they're trying to sell, or what they're trying to, to do, or the contract they're trying to gain. So what we're saying here is that um, when you set those standards and you share it throughout the team, and you have the team buy into it, rather than just telling them this is what it is, you have them buy into it, you'll probably find that te most teams will want to set higher standards than the company will. And, but the, the company has to be careful to manage that, so they start on step one, then step two, then step three. In other words, start somewhere where you, and what I talk about when you when I work with an organization, or an, an SME or an organization or corporate, you raise your standards to a level that everybody feels comfortable with, because you have to go through what's called the four, four C's. So when you raise standards in a company, if you set them way, way, way too high, you find that you, yourself and your team won't be able to maintain it, and here's why. Because you won't be able to maintain it because they won't feel comfortable. They won't be competent. They won't be confident. And they won't be able to consolidate that to move forward. So a way of describing that, if you could imagine a, a, a flight of stairs, and there's a small toddler at the bottom of the stairs, you know, in a, in a baby romper, you know, a one-year-old climbing the stairs for the first time. Mum and dad's behind just in case, but, you know, you know so you're there. And the baby is very confident on the floor because it's operating at that level. It's always been on the floor. That's its world. But then it looks up for the next level. It wants to get to the top of the stairs. Its goal is at the top of the stairs. Where to get to the goal is to race, race through those standards. So the very first time it gets onto the first step and it climbs up, you can imagine that little baby, it's shaking, it's, it's a bit nervous and it, oh, it's, it knows it's higher up now and it's wobbling a bit and it's a bit concerned. And it might, then, of, then of course it gets comfortable. It settles in at that new standard. And you know then the next step, it gets confidence. It gets confident, it starts doing it on this new step, what it could do on the lower level. It's not operating as it could before, just better and higher. Then it gets confident. It's, it can even look behind and say, hi mom, hi dad. He can look behind and say, look at me, operating. So the confidence kicks in. And the last thing the baby will do is consolidate its position, strengthen the back leg before stretching and reaching up to the next step. A company, an organization goes to the same thing. What I train, I've had a program um, called the four C's and the four C's about how we get, help anyone, any organization go through, get comfortable. Don't jump. If I said to you today, jump to the top of the stairs in your house, you probably wouldn't and you probably shouldn't. And if you did, I'd, I'd video you put it on YouTube. You know, because <laughs> it would be a calamity. <laughs> so what we're saying is, hey, here's the thing. Raise your standards for the first step. And if you raise your standards over time with your views, over time, eventually you notice you're at the top of the stairs and you achieved your goal much more comfortably, much more happily, much easily. You've served, you've served more and you've earned more. I know your life has changed phenomenally and you're now into movie production. 
-hmm. and you're in a movie as well um there's a movie called think and grow rich which is based on the napoleon hill book so before we wrap up the conversation can you just tell tell us a little bit about that yeah i was was very blessed to get involved in that in that um thing because i did a small bit in um in a movie about six years ago uh in the states and as fate would have it you know when, when you raise your standards more people see you so I um, got a call six years later, just to, which means just a couple of years ago, and from a guy who said, I saw you in this film, and I'm producing, on behalf of the Napoleon Hill Foundation, a film based on the biggest personal development book of all time, The Ten Second Philosophy. No. <laughs> so um, so uh, they said, um, said to me, we loved your stuff around daily standards. No one's talking about that. You know, whose stuff is that? I said, it's my stuff. I created, I developed it, I own intellectual property, everything. He said, well, would you mind being, if you wouldn't consider being in the film? He didn't finish his question. I just said, yeah, 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 yeah. He didn't finish his question. I said, I'll be in the film. Because what they had in the film was two billionaires, entrepreneurs, business leaders, thought leaders, people from Sharks Den and people off MTV and guy from um, the, the New York Stock Exchange. Some people in the, in the film, I just thought, to be in the film, they must recognize the value of daily standards and the story. That came out of that. So that's how I got into it, Marie. And um, you know, the film was released at the end of last year. And if you visit my website at um, dailysanders.com, you can you can link through or you, you can subscribe to us and you can send the links to buy the film online. So yeah, that's a bit, you know what that's so exciting. It's really just a testament to what you and I have been talking about, you know, both before today and and today. Because when you raise your standards, you stand out and you have no idea what's gonna happen for you next you or your business amazing yeah that's brilliant so thank you so much i think there's so much that um people listening to this will will take out of it and i'm sure that it'll it will definitely change some people's lives thank you for listening to my interview with Derek mills i hope you found some inspiration i genuinely believe we've got an opportunity to do things differently moving forwards and set some different standards for our lives in the future When I was editing the interview, it also got me thinking about how we can set daily standards for our lives today, as they are now, to get us through the next couple of months. Can we start by meditating? Can we start journaling to get our thoughts down and make sense of them? I genuinely find that meditation and inward reflection helps me to find answers which I can't find if I'm feeling fear. I'll put the links to Derek's book and his website in the show notes. Next week, I'm going to be talking to Anne Bentley from the Construction Leadership Council about procurement. This is something that causes all sorts of conflict in our industry, and we definitely need to do things differently moving forwards. I know already from my conversation with Anne that there will be some things in the podcast that could help businesses now to keep going in these challenging times. If you're enjoying listening to these podcasts, please like, rate and subscribe to help other people find them too. And I'll see you next time for the Construction Revolution.